Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And this is episode number 74. The Us and Pet Cemetery edition. And Aftermath. And Aftermath. I didn't see Aftermath, so, you know. It's a Jason Clark doubleheader. Jason Clark is in Pet Cemetery and he's in Aftermath. There so, you, there there you, you go. go. So, uh, wow. So what's happening, Adam? What's been going on? We should fill in the audience a little bit if we sound differently. We've been sitting here laughing at a very stupid idea oh, for 20 gosh. minutes. So yes. No drugs are even involved. It was just a dumb idea that came to us late at night. So we pardon for our voices. Yeah, our voices are shot. I'm a little asthmatic, but, you know, it was a very good 20-minute laugh we had about a hilarious idea for a movie that will never get made. Nope, but it made us laugh. So, <clears throat> But anyway... I, I've had some craziness. I am uh, I'm changing careers, man. Yeah, so, you've got some big changes. Yeah, so I've been super busy for the last couple of weeks. Um, been uh, in insurance school, and I'll just leave it there, and making a career shift. And so haven't had a chance to get to the movies until this week, and then uh, got to see Us earlier in the week, and then Pet Cemetery tonight. And I'm excited to talk about both of them. Yeah, and that's two horror movies in March and April, so it's a win that's for me. My, that's my quota for the year. I'm good to go. <laughs> You're done now. <laughs> no, not really. We still have um, It 2 coming out. And, I'll and Midsummer. Yeah, I may see Midsummer. you know. so, but um, And I kind of ended my no trailer thing tonight. I kind of thought, well, this is April. I'm just going to go stay and watch trailers. And so um, no real surprises with the uh, horror horror fair tonight you know so what are the results of your no trailer experience so if you're just if you're just tuning into the podcast or you know catching this you know catching up on us now i decided back in december i was going to take a good part of this year and not see any trailers and try to go into movies cold to see if it affected my viewing of you know the movies as compared to normally seeing the trailers and the only thing i really discovered was one it's pretty boring to wait 25 minutes out in the lobby while you your buddies are into the theater, but sec- yeah. but secondly, not knowing anything is is only good on rare occasions. I'm I'm discovering that I like to have a little bit of backdrop. I like to have a little bit of taste going in, so that I'm not taking everything completely cold. And so I, I found myself not enjoying. I, I I guess I like trailers. I you know I never thought I'd hear myself say that, but I think I appreciate getting to see what they're trying to do before we go in and see if they actually met those expectations. Yeah, <clears throat> there are some trailers out there that ruin the whole movie. But there are others that, that serve an important purpose, at least in my mind. They give you a taste of the tone. Um, they set up some of the plot. And I think that helps because what if a movie misleads you? If you hadn't seen the trailer and didn't know where it was going, you might build up some false expectations on what right. you think might happen versus what you might have been sold in a trailer. So I think trailers do serve a purpose, obviously. No, yeah, absolutely, and and you know, like, excuse me, Endgame is a perfect example of a trailer that shows you nothing, no, but gets you kind of amped up, even though there's no real need to get amped up because if you were around on the internet this week when Endgame tickets went live, it yeah. broke the internet. Yes, people are paying a lot of money for some tickets for the first showings too, which is crazy, but. You know, this it's 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 without a doubt probably going to be the the blockbuster of the year. I mean, I don't, I don't know if anything is there anything else coming out that's even going to touch in game. Mm, Star Wars Episode Nine is coming. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's box over spills the next year. See, that's the problem. You're only going to get three weeks of box office. You know, two weeks, yeah. three weeks, and then it's going to go into next year. And 
I think people might be getting, I'm going to say it, a little weary of Star Wars, maybe. I don't. There's just this feeling I have that it's not going to be the huge blockbuster that the earlier the earlier films seven yep. and eight have been. Now, in the Star Wars trilogies, the first one is always the big earner every time. By far the biggest earner. There's a drop-off for the second one, but the third one rebounds. This doesn't get to the levels of the first one, but it could out-earn Last Jedi, which made a lot. But the performance of Solo should give us all pause. It came out a different time of year, but it, its box office was not there, period. Yeah. So episode nine is harder to predict. I think it's going to be a big hit. And the question is how big. Yeah, but we won't know till the end of the year when, in yep. December when it comes out. So anyway, so oh, and yeah. Frozen too. <laughs> Frozen conquered the world. We got Frozen two this fall. Oh yes. And Lion King this summer. I mean, there's there's still. Some... I think Avengers will be bigger than these, but there's a lot of big movies coming out. No, yeah, I think you're right. So, um, yeah, so it's been an exciting, you know, exciting. A few weeks of just stuff going on, personal stuff, life change stuff, but it's all good. And I'm ready to get back to talking about movies, my friend. All right. So we got Pet Cemetery up first, and then we'll discuss us and we'll wrap up with Aftermath. All right. Let's take a quick break. Why don't we listen in to a little bit of Pet Cemetery? You're listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. What's going on? I wasn't ready to say goodbye to her. There's a place rage deep in the woods, beyond the pet cemetery. It brings things back. Are you happy, Mommy? All right, and we're back, and that was a little scary snippet of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Adam, let our listening audience know a little bit about this movie, and uh, let's kind of get this thing rolling. So this is a remake. Uh, you might have known the original film, Pet Cemetery, which is based on a Stephen King book, the same name. And I would say this film is sort of an adaptation of both. It's actually adapting the film. You know, there's some moments in here that yeah. they do some fake-outs where you think you know what happened from the last film, and they're doing it differently. And the only reason they're even filming it that way is to literally fake you out on what's going to happen. And it's also adapting from the book. And I don't think either Roger or I have read the novel. I haven't read the novel of Pet Cemetery. No. So we can't really compare it to the source <clears throat> material. So I know this takes some departures from both the film and the book. And it's about the Creed family moving up to Maine, leaving Boston behind. Something bad happens to their cat, Church, who we'll talk about later. And they bury him past the pet cemetery because the ground there's gone sour. Things buried there come back. Yeah. But they're not the same. And that's really it. There's some twists and turns. 
Uh, we're going to spoil this a little bit, but only as much as the trailer, because the trailer shows a key element to this film. Yes, it does. Is that something happens to their daughter, Ellie. That's in the trailer. Instead of Gage this time, Ellie's the one that gets hit by a truck, and Ellie is the one who comes back. Yeah. And, uh, of course, when when you when there's sour ground and forces that be that are evil, and um, when the indigenous people, tribes who lived there got out of Dodge and, and tried to put warning signs up on the trees because of the evil presence that was there. Um, that should have been a warning sign. <laughs> Nothing good comes from things coming back from the dead. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. At least in Hollywood. Not in Hollywood. And so, uh, Adam, you're really the horror expert. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts about this film and... You know, it's appeal to a, a mass audience, and where does it fall? Where does this film fall in the horror genre? It's a people like it. It was always kind of a cult hit. I don't know that it was much of a box office success originally. It scared the crap out of me as a kid. Zelda really creeped me out. Zelda is the sister who has some kind of spinal condition. Some she's all twisted up, and in the original, she was kind of green. I think too. Maybe that's just my memory. But the wife has, Rachel has a history with her sister that haunts her. Right. The movie's a lot about grief and being haunted by your past yeah. acts. So Zelda creeped me out as a kid, and Zelda's back in this movie in much the same way. And then Gage creeped me out because there's a scene in the original where he slashes an ankle from underneath the bed. And because of that, as a kid, I used to jump out from my bed. So I was nowhere near getting my ankle slashed by Gage under there. Yeah, I think that all of us kind of got messed up a little bit about that because... To have your Achilles tendon just slashed like Gage did in the original, just as horrific, yes. you know, and uh, and crippling and paralyzing, and which is exactly what evil demonic spirits want. They want to cripple you, and and, and you know, and uh, and if you're uh, gonna fight a toddler, it evens the playing field. If you're stuck on the ground, exactly, exactly. So, you know, you know, I I uh, I enjoy certain horror films. You know, I enjoy certain genres and stuff, and this. I don't know, this is just, the the movie just didn't do it for me, I'll be honest with you. I don't know, I, I think that there were some decent performances um, in the film, but overall it just seemed like I could see every punch coming, you know, and it, no real surprises. I don't know, I just didn't really, I just kind of, it wasn't bad. It's not a bad movie at all, but it just didn't really, it didn't scare me or, you know, I don't know. I just didn't really, I didn't connect with the film. Yeah. I mean, I was a little bit disappointed in this one. I I can't say the original one's a great film. And I think this one is an improvement on many levels. Um, and it's interesting they took some departures from the story. I, I guess I'm just wishing they may have taken some more. Um, it's a little bit frustrating. I think it's going to feel very slow to modern audiences. I think, th I th yes. I, and it I takes its time to build, but a lot of the interesting stuff doesn't happen until almost late third act, whereas it would have been a different movie yeah. if maybe they had accelerated um, Ellie's departure. Well, and I think. And dealt with that more. There's, it doesn't have enough room to breathe at the end with the story yeah. and, and really let let that sink in. What's it like to lose someone? What would it make? What would it take for someone to bring someone back at the risk they weren't themselves? Well, well, you know, if I'm laying out this movie, I have the loss happened at the end of the first act. The second act is dealing with grief, 
And then the third act is the result of bad choices because of that greed. And here we are. We're committing a cardinal sin. We're describing the movie we wanted, and we're not discussing the movie that actually <laughs> is. I know. We're just saying it's an adaptation that they made some changes, and maybe, maybe they should have changed it some more because it is slow. Yeah. Performances are good. Jason Clark is always good. Yep. He does an admirable job here. I think it was a big improvement having uh, um, Jette Lawrence, who plays Ellie, be the victim and, and come back. She's, she's good. She yeah, does and, a very good and job. And because she's film. older, she's it, she can be a little bit more terrifying, you know, as yeah, well. She she delivered a heck of a performance. Yeah. John Lithgow is perfectly fine as Judd. The but could have been neighbor. explored a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's such a shallowness to a lot of these a lot of the characters. There's no depth. Yeah. And like I said, it, it's moving along, but when you know everything that's going to happen as a remake, it, it's just going to feel like it's taking too long to get to see what you want. And the, the ending is a little bit rushed. Yeah. But, I mean, this is mainstream horror. I, the audience gasped and played along. Yeah. And in our group, I will say the response is fairly positive. Nobody hated it. Everyone was either just, it was okay, or some thought it was good. And and probably the star of the movie was the cat. Church. Church was great. This was a great cat. Um, I'm not even a cat person. I'm, this movie, I'm, I'm not a cat person either. This movie will not make you a cat person because you want to be like, just kill the damn cat. I know. But the but cat was great in the great, movie. Great performance by Church. Yep. I mean, I'm... between Church and Goose. We've had two very good cats this spring. <laughs> Goose is in Captain Marvel. Yep. There you go. Um. So I don't know. I guess I'm going to give it a pass. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan, you know. I, I thought it was slow as well. Um, I thought there were some very, I mean, telegraph stuff a mile away. Um, the wife is criminally underdeveloped. Yes, and I think she could have been a really interesting character, but yeah. I won't recast the movie or re or won't reshoot no, it. No, they give her nothing to do. Yeah. Um, Jason Clark is really the focus of the film. Yeah, and he does an okay job. I mean, he's pretty. He's a solid actor, you know. Yeah, he is. He can. He yeah, can, he can do it. But I, I, in the end, it's just a pass for me. I'm not a huge fan of. I just wasn't a fan of the film. So, okay. Well, that's going to wrap it up for Pet Cemetery. When we come back, Jordan Peele's Us, one of the movies I've been looking forward to since I was blown away by Get Out. Yep. So let's listen in to a little bit of Us. We'll be right back. This is The Film Coterie. Okay, let's call the cops. I did. They're 14 minutes away. What? 14 minutes? Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. Jason, give me the bat. What bat? The baseball bat, the bat. There's one in the corner. Here, here. Thank you. Okay. All right, hold on. Got this. Let's try this again. Gabe. No, 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 no. All right. Gabe. I got this. I got this. Now, I thought I already done told y'all to get off my property, okay? So if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Now, the cops are already on their way. Hey, 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 hey! 
All right, we are back, and now it's time to discuss Us, the second film written, directed, and produced by Jordan Peele of Get Out. And this is a movie both of us have been looking forward for some time. And yeah, the, the trailer mu- hit on Christmas Day. Very much so, yes. And, you know, we saw these images. We saw the doppelgangers, the red jumpsuits, the scissors. None of us knew what this movie was about. Good trailer. Uh, we're all excited because it's Jordan Peele. And here we are. I've had the opportunity to see the movie twice, and Roger has just caught it once so far this week. Yep. So we'll limit our spoilers again to just what is in the trailer. Um, you know that there's doppelgangers from the trailer, so we'll talk a little bit about that, but we're not going to reveal endgame stuff in, in terms of the end of the movie or where the doppelgangers came from or anything else like that. We're just going to discuss a little bit of the surface of the movie, a little bit of the themes underneath, and we'll let you... Check it out and think about and see what you find in the film. A lot of people are coming up with different interpretations and theories. It is a deep movie. So let's start at the surface level. Well, you know, I, I was very stoked to see this film. And I I walked away from this film immediately feeling like Jordan Peele knows how to craft a film, knows how to layer things, knows how to put to make it a, any you know his films are worth what mu- multiple viewings there's a pay payoff to going back and seeing his films again because there's so much callback there's so much stuff going on um I, we don't want to get into spoilers but just that fact alone you can tell that he knows how to craft um a a, a complex film um, and the second thing that I really like about this film, I'll, well, I'll say it up front, I was a little cold on the film as a whole, and I'll tell you why, but I'm giving you the two things I like about the film up front. The first thing is I like that it's complex. I like that he everything's done intentionally. I like that this might reward you multiple viewings watching this film. The second thing I love about this film is the way that he just he casts an a, a an African American family, um, just not not I mean just great not not stereotypical, not trying to be overtly talk about race. It's just it's just a gr- to show them out on vacation, you know. It's just a middle class family. Just a middle class family that happens to be African American. Yeah. So the movie, uh, I don't know if I say surprisingly or unsurprisingly, is not about race whatsoever. Unlike Get Out, and we weren't sure about that from the yeah, trailer. Yeah, you just didn't know. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's just good casting, and it's it's refreshing to see it. Um, there's some tongue-in-cheek stuff. There's a white family that's cast as a token white family that would play the traditional <laughs> yeah. black family yes. role in a horror movie like yeah. this. But my issue with this movie, and I'm going to be in the minority because I know the critics are really. I think that I would assume they're pretty high on it. Some of my, our colleagues are high on it. Um, I think you're probably pretty high on it. Yeah, you know? no, I am. Um, my problem with this is that. I saw the ending coming before it was there, and it disappointed me. And the surface portion of the movie was just disappointing to me. I didn't get the chemistry in the family. I didn't. The comedy wasn't there like it was in Get Out. Um, I didn't find myself laughing, and then all of a sudden be horrified by what's going on. Um, so, coming comparing to Get Out, there's no comparison to me. Get Out's just a way better movie in my mm-hmm. opinion, but. 
there is a still a lot of value to us. I don't want to just say it's a terrible movie. You shouldn't see it because a lot of people like the, you know, are really high on the movie. I just didn't like the surf. I, you know, you build all these beautiful layers and all of this stuff under the surface and all this messaging here and the symbolism that's all throughout this movie and, and the way he handles, um, I'll just say time in this movie and how it moves forward and stuff is amazing. I mean, he's a, he, this guy can craft a great movie. I will be in the theater as soon as his next movie comes out to see what his next, you know, his next venture is. But with all that being said, there has to be a story. There has to be a movie that I like on top of it. And it just wasn't there for me. Okay. Now what I'll say about us is comparing it to get out. I, I do think get out is the better film, but they're very different. So get out is a film that doesn't have a lot of depth. It's made for a ride. It's made to be yes. entertaining, good performances all around, and it, it's a real crowd pleaser. Whereas Us is typically more of a movie I see in the indie horror crowd scene where there's all depth and subtext and lots of themes layered throughout. Not a lot of easy answers. The movie doesn't feel the need to serve these answers up to the audience. Like You'll see a lot of people saying, where the hell did they get all these red jumpsuits and scissors? It doesn't matter. That's not the point of the movie. So the movie's not wasting any time coming up with logistics. Right. It's a movie that has depth. So he's trying is a different type of movie here. To me, it worked. I like the surface level. This is a movie, I will say 100%, you will benefit from a second viewing. The movie, when you know all the pieces, changes from scene one when you watch it again. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't doubt that at all. Um, I, I guess to my point, I would have liked to have seen... Some of that thrill ride on the top of it. I'd like to see some of the f- family members have a little bit more character to them, a little bit more humor maybe to them, a little bit more camaraderie to them. Um, but maybe I, you know, it, it, obviously he went. He wanted to go with a more subdued, traditional. How would a family react to this? You know. Um, so yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say. I mean, well, it's... Uh, here's the movie I would most easily compare this to recently would be Suspiria because Suspiria is a movie that operates one on a surface level. And then two also has a lot of deep themes and other things that you really want to watch again and analyze. I will have to say that Suspiria, I think has the better surface movie than us, but I really like the themes of that are buried just right below the surface in us. You're going to see some political stuff, obviously, um, also, just some concerns about our darker selves. What happens when we bottle things up and ignore it? Yes. And hide yeah. it and bury it. No, the, those themes are one, I mean, they're really strong in the film and worth, worth, worth watching just for that um, strong political themes. I mean, there's a lot of commentary on society in mm-hmm. this film, you know? Um, and I'll say this what's interesting is there's a lot of analysis on duality in this film. Yes. Um, a non-spoiler thing is Michael Jackson. There's some imagery of Michael Jackson that makes you think of how we witnessed him in 86 versus now with what we know. And with this duality theme, there's like a double meaning to almost anything throughout the yeah. movie if you dig. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting stuff. So instead of going, yeah, he goes deep here. And audiences seem to like it, which thrills me because I was worried having seen it, that they're just going to throw it out and say well, that movie's well, nonsense. There's a subtlety to Jordan Peele. In a lot of ways, Jordan Peele is, has as much commentary on life as a Spike Lee does, if not maybe more in some areas. 
But Spike Lee's just going to slap it right in your he's face. He's a hammer. He's a hammer. Yeah. Whereas Jordan Peele's going to get in there and he's going to, like a seamstress, he's going to weave and sew and he's going to just kind of place it in there. And before you know it, you've been hit with his a commentary on things in society, about people, about relationships. And you're like, whoa, that was pretty, that was pretty intense, you know, kind of deal. And, um, uh, I just think he, he, he crafts a great movie. I guess I just was a little, I just was not very high on the surface part of the movie, the actual relationship. I didn't buy the nuclear family and maybe that's intentional, you know, not without getting into spoilers. Maybe the family wasn't supposed to be, have a super great chemistry because of stuff going on in the film, you know, um, that could be intentional as well too. You know, I just, I don't know. I think he's a brilliant film director and I'm looking forward to his next next picture, but I was just I got to be honest with you, us was just a um from an entertainment value was maybe a pass for me. I'll say this before we get done talking about it. I think Lapita gave an incredible performance. Performance in this movie is both Adelaide and Red as her doppelganger. Um she has to do a lot and her, her performance is nuanced and it's one of the more interesting things to watch the second time. Yeah, and it's this is and this is not giving anything away, away. But you did walk away thinking. I bet those actors had a lot of fun. When 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 there's a movie about if you have a doppelganger and it's a worst part of you, you you getting to play that doppelganger it would be a lot of fun as an yeah, actor. Yeah, the kids you know? are having a good time. I enjoyed yeah. the kids playing both their good versions and their doppelgangers. I will say this too that um, in this film, it's fun to watch. There's no cheats. There's no fake outs. No. If you figure out something early, good on you. Um, you know, there's some twists and turns. Nothing's hidden. So that's just you're clever and you're paying attention. Because sometimes movies like this may set up something to fake you out or give you some red herrings along the way. Right. Jordan Peele has given you everything you need from scene one. Yep. If you're paying attention. Yeah. And it, that's what rewards the second viewing is you say, oh, yeah, that makes sense and this and this. So everything's there. There's no cheats. And it, it's it's well constructed that way. And for everyone saying Jordan Peele's a new Hitchcock, I don't think we need to even go there. Why do we have to celebrate someone as a new Hitchcock? Why can't we just celebrate we have our first Jordan Peele? Absolutely. I could not agree more with you, Adam. Don't Let's don't compare him to somebody that did, you know, um, he, who did another genre. He, he is himself. He's his own man. He's given us two very unique movies. Yep. He's clearly not interested in, in giving us anything we've seen before, and I'm, I'm thrilled to see whatever he's got next. Yep. I'll be there as well, too. So... I think that'll wrap it up for us. Um, one more film, right? Aftermath. Aftermath. Well, let's take a quick break. You're listening to the Film Coterie podcast. We'll be right back with Adam's review of the Aftermath. Rachel. Hello, Lewis. Oh, look at you. They're still finding bodies. There's chaos out there. This house is being requisitioned by the British government. This is yet to be a house. But we have uns. Hey, Lewis. Hello, Morgan. Please come inside. This is my wife. My daughter and I will stay out of your way until we move to the camp. 
What if we let them stay on? You mean, live with them? There may not be an outward show of hatred, but it's there below the surface. During the war, did you ever hope for a German victory? Did the bombing affect the health of you and your family? It affected the health of my wife. She died in the firestorm. All right, and we're back in our last movie review. Three movies in this podcast, Adam. Our last movie is The Aftermath, starring Kira Knightley. Jason Clark, who we saw in Pet Cemetery, And Alexander Skarsgård. The brooding yet handsome Alexander Skarsgård. Yes. The only guy that was ever too sexy for Fantastic Fest. <laughs> and he's cast for that reason in this movie. So The Aftermath. I went in blind on this movie. Um, it came up as a last minute for me press screening. I hadn't seen the trailer. Um, I Googled it just a little bit to see it was a post-World War II movie. So watching it was a unique experience based on what you talked about earlier of not seeing trailers. I didn't know what to expect. So when it started, I'm like, oh, this is a cool historical drama because it takes place in the months after World War II. And British officers are requisitioning houses of the rich Germans. They're coming in. They're kicking out the German families. The German families have to go live in camps to go through these psychological valuations and be cleared that they're not loyal to Hitler. And I thought, this is cool because I've not seen this in a film before. Yeah. No, it sounds, sounds interesting. And then it devolves into a very tired, very cliche love triangle. And I just felt the life getting sucked out of me at that point. Like, oh, no, don't go this way. Be interesting. Stay unique. Don't do the love triangle. And then it happens. Yeah. So what was interesting about this film is it's about two families. The British family lost their son in a German bombing of London. Okay. And the German family lost their wife and their mother in the Allied bombing of Hamburg. Oh, okay. So these families have to live together. The film doesn't even deal with these losses. Again, as soon as you see Alexander Skarsgård chopping wood out back and Kira Knightley lovingly looking at him out through the window... It's all over. It's just all bits are off, baby. She's falling the in love with the blonde hair and the blue eyes. The perfect man, <laughs> who is German but not a Nazi, because they couldn't make a redeemable in this movie if he was a Nazi. There you go. So cinematography is good. Uh, the performances by Keira Knightley and Jason Clark and Alexander Skarsgård are all good. It's just the story's gonna leave you disappointed. I mean, I wish I had better news, but that's what it is. It's very simple. I think it was a breezy 80 minutes. Okay. Not a long film. Sure. Which there's something to be said anymore. I, 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 You know, get me in that 90-minute or less mark, and I'm usually pretty happy. <laughs> but it was just a bummer because, like I said, I thought it was actually an interesting time period of seeing these people that were enemies months ago well, you have know, to live together. You know, and we see films diverge from that. Such an interesting beginning so much to work with, and then we feel like whether the studio meddles and says, no, we need a love triangle, or we need this, or they just felt like that's where we're ultimately going. But we've seen that a thousand times, you know? And this feels like a disjointed movie of two halves because it starts one way and finishes another. Either way, if they'd fully committed, probably would have been the better film if they made the whole thing about these families living together post-war, or if they just made it a love triangle from minute one. And sure. actually develop these characters. I mean, yeah. it feels very rushed when it finally happens. The Jason Clark is Keira Knightley's husband. He goes away for six days. And then suddenly she's in love with Alexander Skarsgård. Now, some people may say, I could fall in love with him faster than that. Right. But, I mean, it just, yeah, it's all over the place. And 
I, I can't recommend this one. It's a pass for me. Okay. Well, you know, you'll have those, but hey, you got to you got to see it and review it. So yeah, yeah. that's the aftermath. There you go. It's out in theaters uh, Friday. Okay. Well, I think that's going to be pretty close to wrapping up. Um, I know we have some good stuff coming down the pipe. We have Shazam, right, that I think you've seen in an early press screener, and I'm going to try to catch this weekend. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then what's what do we have in the next couple of weeks? We have Hellboy and Avengers Endgame. Now, I'm going to be heading out of town doing some traveling the end of next week, but maybe we can um, – uh, try to get a podcast out or one in the can before I head to Florida. And then uh, when we come back, is it in game already? It'll be close to it. Oh my gosh. I'm getting stoked, getting fired up. I think in honor of in game being a four hour movie, three hours and two minutes, that we need to do a three hour and two minute podcast. Our spoiler cast might be that long. <laughs> we are going to do a spoiler cast. I can guarantee oh, it. Absolutely. Yeah, we may because we're not going to be able to hold back on on in game. That's going to we'll be... do a, a standard review that's safe, that we'll probably won't tell you much more than what the trailer tells you, <laughs> and then we'll have the three hour and two minute spoiler cast. I just hope there's something looking ahead to in game uh, Avengers in game. I, I I just hope there's something. I hope there's a surprise for us. I hope there's something we haven't seen coming, you know, because we've been debating this movie for a year now, talking about what we think and who's coming back and who's not. And uh, we, there's been stuff on the Internet. Can they still surprise us? Can they really still, are they going to bring it at them? Well, I mean, they haven't shown us anything, which is kind of nice. The trailers have no battles, no action scenes. It's just the characters on Earth dealing with loss. I mean, it, it all looks like it comes from the early part of the film. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to wrap it up uh, for this week's edition of the Film Coterie. Uh, if you'd like to reach out and connect to us, they can do that on Facebook, right? Yeah. If you just search uh, Film Coterie on Facebook or even just go to facebook.com backslash Film Coterie, you'll find our page. Our website is filmcoterie.com, and our handle is the same on Twitter and Instagram. It is at Film Coterie. All right, partner. That's going to do it for this week's episode. We'll see you guys next time at the movies.